Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Phil Nolan, and our topic is forgiveness. Failure to forgive, why failure to forgive rots you on the inside. Now, Phil, this is an interesting topic. I am ready to dive into this with you. But before that, I really want to introduce you to our listeners. So tell us kind of, our listeners always want to know context, right? So what industry do you work on? What's your business and what's your title there, please? I just retired. I had a professional liability insurance agency where where we provided professional liability insurance for architects and engineers. Wow, very niche. Very niche-focused, yes. I like it, and that's why you were so darn successful at it. Well done. Well, somewhat. Okay, and what was your title in the company? I owned it. Yeah, all right, so owner badass. (laughs) I like it. Awesome. So, Phil, I like to start um, every episode this way. It's a very broad question. Why did you, Phil Nolan, think that the world isn't working right now? Uh, Well, it has to do partly with, uh, with our topic. And that is that I don't think people are self-accountable. In other words, how many times do you hear when something goes wrong from anybody that they try to blame it on somebody else? All the time. All the time. It's all over social media. I'm not into social media. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no worries. I don't have time for it. Good for you. (laughs) But, But I know I hear it all the time. You know, everybody's... Everybody, whenever they make a m- mistake, whenever they screw up, they're trying to lay the blame someplace else. Why do we do that as humans? What's our problem, man? Why don't we just own up? You're say, asking me? I'm I, asking you. I don't. I, Why don't I, we I, just I, own up and say, I messed up? Right? We used to do that. We used to do that. It used to be ingrained in us. Yeah. I, I can't tell you what happened. I really, don't, I, really, I, I really don't know the answer to that. What do you think? I think that I like the way you just did that. You turned it back on me. You're interviewing me. Awesome. I love it. All right. So I think that we grew up in a generation um, where, you know, we've really been taught, hey, it's, um, it's not okay to mess up. And where previous generations, it was somewhat okay, or I should say, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, you know, let, me get, let me help. Yeah, yeah, please jump in all on right. that. I'm in, I've been in sales all my life. Got it. You can't be in sales unless you know how to fail. Yeah. How many no's do you think for every yes that I got? I don't know. What was your law of averages? Oh, it was probably two or three to one. Yeah, easily. So, so that means I'm knocking on doors. I'm calling on people all the time. To do it right means I'm going to get a good introduction, means I'm going to to do it wrong, means they're going to slam the door in my face and it's not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's part of it. You have to know, you have to be okay 
with failing, okay with in yourself, in your own person, with not being perfect. Because mm. none of us is perfect but God himself. So we know that conceptually, yet we don't accept our imperfections. Well, I, like you said, I think that it's a generational thing. Mm. My generation was before your generation a little bit. And so when my generation was coming along, when anybody went out for a sports team, they only picked so many. Mm -hmm. And the people who weren't good enough mm. didn't get picked. Mm. I never got picked because I'm not an athlete. Got it. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I, I, I didn't – did it make me feel a little bit bad at the time? Yeah, but I got over it. I mm. found other things to do, throw rocks at my sister, something. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but I found other things to do just because you're not an athlete, even though I wanted to be – God doesn't give you that talent. Talent, you find something else that you, that that you need to do. Mm. But but I think that nowadays, when kids go out for a sports team, everybody makes the team, mm. and they don't give winner awards; they give participation awards. So what does that As, do to the kids? Until you get well, I I think it I think it tells them, oh, that's okay. It's a, you're you haven't failed. You're you've done you've done great just by being there. Mm. So that almost like messes with their psyche, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it messes in a way that, hey, you can be great at everything. Everything, which is not reality. No. Just like you said, God gives each of us strengths in different specific areas, but not in every area. No. And I think what in the generation you grew up in, Phil, is like you learning, hey, I really want to be athletic, but I'm just not. It made you resourceful. Because now you have to go learn and figure out, well, what am I good at naturally, right? Where do I have talents? And now we're living in a, a generation right now where there's not this need for resourcefulness in these kids' psyche, right? It's young people. They're like, well, everyone tells me that I'm good at everything, so I should just be darning good at everything. And you should accept that I'm good at everything, even though in reality I'm not. I suck, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like when the world says you suck at something, hey, you're offending me now. And it's like, no, I'm good at it. And it's like, no, you're really not. And no, I am. And, and, it, and it becomes this whole type of thing, right? And so when people screw up, it's not their fault. Mm. It's always somebody else's fault. So there right. is no accountability. Love it, right? No self-accountability. And, and this is creating such a problem. But who really pays the price here, right? That's for this lack of self-accountability, right? If you're, you can't look at yourself and acknowledge that you're not great at everything, and instead you blame others for accusing you of not, or it's their fault that I'm not, or whatever, and you can't take ownership, who's getting hurt in this situation? Everybody. Okay, break Everybody. that down for us, the, Bill. The, all of society, families are hurt because... Because there's no personal responsibility, mm -hmm. um, governments are hurt because they every corporations are hurt because they don't take personal responsibility. Mm. You know, athletes are hurt because they say no, it's because he did this or so. It, they mm. don't take any personal responsibility. If they would own up and do what's supposed to do what they're supposed to, then they could overcome perhaps their problem and get better at it. Mm. And you know what? That's so important because it's like until we take personal responsibility 
and identify, hey, there's an issue here in me that I want to get better at, right? It's not making ourselves wrong. It's just saying what's so, right? This is what's so. I, I'm not very good at that yet. Did you I wanna... say it's wrong to be wrong? No. Or it's bad to be wrong? No, but I think we create we create a stigma around it, and it, it creates paralysis, right? And I know I grew up in a generation where I was made to be wrong all the time, and it, it actually stifled some of my growth and some of my self-expression. And now I am the first person to uh, look at myself and criticize myself and hold myself back for not being perfect in something. So I make myself wrong when and create this meaning of wrongness rather than, hey, you know, okay, I messed up. Hey, I failed at that. Let me just move forward or let me find a different approach. Let me find another way to do it. And it creates this stop. It stops me in my tracks. What shows up for you in that? What shows up for me in that is that is that we're not all perfect. Yeah. Is that we we can't all do everything. Mm. We have each of us have individual gifts that we've been given by our creator. And it's okay not to do them all well all the time. Mm. But to to get to that point you have to be able to forgive yourself when you mess up, especially when it's something important. Yeah. I like you that. think it's important. And that's difficult sometimes, isn't it? What's something in your life that you struggle to forgive yourself for, if I may just bring it right down to the court? Oh, uh, well, I just, I just, I was in the shower this morning. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And I asked God to forgive me for something that I remember that I did 30 years ago. No way. Yes, 30 years ago. That I had not ever taken to him in confession. Wow. And it just showed up to you 30 years later in the shower this morning. Yeah, and I says, what was I thinking? Whoa. How could I, how could I, how could I do that? How could I call myself a Christian and do that? Mm. And I said, Lord, you're the father of all mercy. Forgive me. Mm. But next time I got a confession, I'm mm-hmm. going to take it formally. Yeah. So I think, you know, we're talking about uh, forgiving ourselves, right? Failure to forgive ourselves rots us on the inside. And no, it, failure to forgive others rots us on the inside. Yeah. And, and I'm going to bring it to both, right? Because Absolutely. I, yeah, I think it works both ways, right? Because in your scenario there, you have a choice, right? You can ask forgiveness from God, your father, and he forgives you, right? If you ask with a, a sincere and contrite heart. Yes. And then some of us, we don't forgive ourselves after God forgave us. We actually take back the thing, the wrongdoing, the sin, the whatever, and we hold it. That burden, the burden, you put it back on your own shoulders. Yeah, right? And it, what does it do? It rots us from the inside. Yeah. Well, it's even, it's even more, it's even more exacerbated when when you're talking about forgiving somebody else Mm. you know when somebody else has really hurt you oh it's easy to be angry with them and Mm. and want to see want to take revenge and all those things Mm -hmm. to make them wrong to make them wrong well but to get even Mm -hmm. you know because they hurt you Mm. but what if they don't even know 
Nine out of ten times, they don't. Well, what if they don't even care? Mm, ten out of ten times. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Not, no. So, forgiving, forgiving them, forgiving whoever it is that hurts you, doesn't do anything for them. Mm. What it does, it relieves you. Mm. Somebody a lot smarter than I said, failure to forgive is like drinking rat poison and hoping the other person dies. Mm. Yeah. But because you're it the eats one you away at the inside because yeah. you harbor this thing and it you carry it around with you all the time and yeah. you don't get rid of it. So let me just speak right to our listeners for a second, Phil. So you're listening to the show right now with Phil Nolan, and we're talking about forgiveness. Failure to forgive rots you on the inside, whether it's failure to forgive others or failure to forgive yourself. It's like drinking rat poison. I like that. That's the first time I heard rat poison, right? And expecting the other person to die. It's illogical. You're the one who drank the poison, right? It's rotting you on the inside. And sometimes you sit with this. This anger, this bitterness. I uh, was just speaking with a friend actually yesterday, Phil. So this is a very um, uh, relevant topic for me. And I was speaking with this individual. And uh, four months ago, um, I had made a mistake of some sort, right? That, it, you know, uh, hurt them and they created meaning around it and everything. And it's like they made it out to be a very big thing. And they forgave me. In that I asked for forgiveness, they forgave me. Four months later, last night, they bring up, well, you remember that thing you did four months ago? And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> my first question is, why do you still remember it, right? <laughs> You're supposed to have forgiven me. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out they said they forgave me, but they didn't forget, right? You know that cliche? Yeah. I forgive you, but I won't forget Listen, not forgetting is not forgiving. No, that's not right. You know, it's No, I know people people have hurt me mm -hmm. that I've forgiven them. Mm -hmm. I will never forget. I will not trust them again. I will not I will not give them an opportunity to hurt me again. But I've gotten over I've it I, it's I don't I'm not angry with them anymore. Mm. It's the emotion has gone out of it. It's just now it's now it's just a decision about whether or not to trust them or do business with them or that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that, right? I'm taking it in a different place, yeah. right? I get what you're saying, right? So you want to still be prudent in those situations, right? If someone was, uh, you know, untrustworthy and did you wrong, especially in a business context or whatever, yeah, you want to forgive them and then say, hey, we're fine. Everything's good between us, but I'm not going to do business with you again, right? Because you're not going to put yourself in that situation. That's yeah, prudent, right? Exactly. Or in a relationship, same thing. What I'm saying is when someone um, still remembers because they actually truly didn't forgive, exactly, they suppressed it. They're suppre that's what I'm speaking about specifically, yes. right? And it's a very thin line there, right? And we could trick ourselves into thinking that we actually forgave someone, but we actually just suppressed it. I have a trick. And we didn't release it. What's your trick? Pray for them. Ooh, that's a good trick. Pray I, for the person who offended you. Why? What? What? What is that? You, it's very. What magic hard, does it, that create? It's very hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for. Isn't it? It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's very. I mean, if you truly pray for them, I mean, if you really say, 
like sincerely, I mean, the, the, like the, wishing the, the, the them well. The prayer will start off differently in the beginning because you, God, will you? I want to pray for this sob. Right. This no good rat Lord, who did this to me. Lord, I, want I to pray. pray for them, Lord, because they have they're heartless and they have no soul. Yeah. Because Lord, I pray, I pray that for, I don't kill them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that I want to pray for them. I, I, I want to pray for them. You know, it's because it praying for them on a regular basis will change your heart. You know, I like that. Praying for your pray for your enemies. I've heard that somewhere. I've heard it too. Isn't it like in this big book called the Bible? I don't know. I thought that was the library. The library. I don't know. Right? But it's like pray for your enemies. It's so difficult to do. I love that you just brought up that trick, that point, right? It's it's the key to forgiveness. It's the key to forgiveness, right? Because you can't uh, sincerely pray for someone, wishing them well, wishing them good, if you still are harboring bitterness exactly and anger and hatred and and all these other emotions that are poison rat poison within you right have you ever had somebody cut you off in traffic uh (laughs) name a day name a day right and what's your first instinct uh to do them wrong right how about if you train yourself instead to say a prayer for them yeah and you know what I actually have taken that on, Phil. Right. Yeah. So um, I, right. I remember this is this part yeah. of the Bible where I really love. It's like pray for your enemies, right? And don't judge them. Yeah. Let only God the Father judge them. Yeah. Right. And His condemnation, His wrath will be far worse than anything I could come up with. Right. Well, I'm totally it paraphrasing. Says, it even says that when you're praying for your enemies, it's like it's like heaping burning coals on their head. Boom. That's 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 exactly it. Right. And darn it, in that moment when that person cuts me off and then I, I honk my horn because they totally cut me off because they weren't paying attention. And when I honk my horn, they give me the finger like I did something wrong. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. yeah I kind of am visualizing burning coals coming down on them. Right. And and in those moments, whether it's right or wrong, I literally say a, sin- a sincere prayer and I say, Lord, bless them, you know, or I just say out loud, may God bless you. And I just say that, and I speak God's blessing upon them. What God decides to do with that now? It's up to him. It's totally up to him, but it releases me, and it releases my anger. Precisely. And that's freeing, right? I release the poison. Precisely. From my system. That's right. And that's power. You spit out the rat poison. Yeah. Otherwise, I lose my power. Because if you had continued that, you're a big big husky guy, and— the guy wants to pull over the side of the road and discuss it with you. You're willing to. You might be willing to do that. Oh, many times. And so, road rage is. Yeah. That's the beginning of road rage. Yeah. You know, when I lived in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, road rage was such a common phenomenon. Really. Out there. Oh, it was big. There were shootings on the news every day. This was years ago. Sounds like Miami. Literally shootings um, where people would pull out a gun. Someone cut them off. They pull out a gun. And just shoot them right through the glass. And there was deaths and homicides almost every day on the news. Road rage. Another murder. Road rage. And it's like that we can let that poison raise raise up in us from within. In literally a matter of seconds, we can go from a kind, loving human who loves humanity, loves God, to this poison come within us, to this raging beast who will shut off their brain, shut off their heart, shut off their 
everything, their conscience, and pull out a gun, raise it, and take your life. That's crazy. It's human. Is it that's wrong? That's human. No, it's human. It's the worst case of humanity, right? It's our base human crock brain kicking in and our conscience kicking out. But it happens, Phil. It happens. I, I know. And it. I'm taking that to an extreme situation. What happens when we rot on the inside and don't let out the, the forgiveness? Exactly. Right? Don't let out the rat poison. This is the extreme scenario of what can happen. We become very ugly creatures. Yes. Right? The poison shows itself right. on us. And we can do really bad things in the world yeah. in that. We can. I get that, right? You know, I look at, um, you know, what just happened right in Las Vegas, the shooting. That's terrible. And uh, this young man, you know, and I, I, I pray. I prayed for him, right? Lord, have mercy on his soul. What kind of anger, hatred, bitterness, lack of forgiveness was occurring with him, within him? What kind of rat poison did he drink? in order to do that atrocious action to take all those lives with no recourse, no conscience of, you know, mothers, children, just openly shooting and taking lives and then all the lives that would be affected. How self-centered, self-righteous does someone need to be? And I'm not judging this individual. I know this individual needed to be in a really hurt, broken state yep. in order to do that kind of behavior. But it's in that hurt, broken state that the enemy takes over. Yes. Really takes over. And it's no longer us in those moments. We literally, in my opinion, give ourselves over to the enemy. Like, use me the way you want to destroy, to, to, to hurt people, to let out this beast. You know, the Green Hulk, right? The Incredible Hulk just rises up in us. And if you know the Incredible Hulk, right, it's a moment-by-moment moment thing. That anger, that rage could be triggered with any darn thing. You could I think his was built up over a long period of time, though. Yes. It was poison, a drop, a drop, a drop over a long period of time. And now there was this pool of poison within his heart that could be called on in a moment's notice and take over and destroy everything around him. Yeah. Relationships, family, you name it. What shows up for you in that, Phil? Well, I, I agree with that. Uh, but I'd like to go someplace else with forgiveness. How many of us pray what we call the Our Father, what Protestants call the Lord's Prayer? Mm -hmm. Does anybody realize that it's a conditional prayer. Take us there. I, I love where you're going. In the middle of that prayer, we ask the Lord to forgive us our sins. Mm -hmm. In the same way we forgive others. And if we don't, and and the scripture that go, comes right after that in, in, in the Bible says, if you fail to forgive others, your father will not forgive you. Mm. So any of us who say, well, it's the right thing to do to, 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 uh, to not forgive because they just, the people are terrible. How can I ever forgive them? Well, what is the Lord telling me to do? 
what is he telling you how he will treat you unless you forgive him? Mm. He's not going to forgive you. What's going to happen when you get to see St. Peter at mm. the end of your life when, or when you get to meet with Jesus and he says, well, what about that? Why haven't you forgiven that? How am I supposed to forgive your sins? Mm. You made this conditional prayer. How many times did you say that? Mm. Did you, you mean you didn't mean it any of those times? Mm. If we mean that, if we say that prayer and we mean it, we have to forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes. That's powerful, Phil. Is a you know it's reminding me of the parable, right? With the um, you know the slave, the servant, right? And he owes a big debt. Yep. And he exactly. goes he goes to his master, and uh, the debt is called upon. You need to pay back the debt. And he's like, I don't have it. I don't have it. Have mercy on me. I have a family. I got a wife. I have kids. Have mercy on me. I promise I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. And the master has mercy on him. Right. And he doesn't just have mercy on him and say, okay, fine. You have this much time to pay it back. What does he do instead? Forgives the debt. He wipes it clean out of existence. Yep. Right? Total mercy. The master represented as the father, our heavenly father. Wipes our debt clean as if it never happened, all our wrongdoing. And then calls us to go and have mercy upon others. But does the slave do this? The servant do this? No. What does he do? He goes out and he grabs people who owe him money. And he grabs them by the neck and says, pay up. And they're like, have mercy on me. I have a family. I promise I'll pay you. They literally say the same words he said to exactly. the master, right? And he goes, no. He has them thrown in prison. He has them thrown in prison. Ridiculousness. And that man, us, that's who he represents. He represents you and I. And those moments in our life when we ask God to forgive us for our heinous crimes, and then we will not forgive the person right in front of us who wronged us for that small little insignificant BS that they did 30 years ago that we still hold bitterness in our heart towards them. He just them. needed to get into that lane of traffic so that he could make his turn. Yeah. Well, the person's <laughs> completely unaware because they go through life that way. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. And I get it, right? And bird rage is a thing for me, right? And I really had to learn that people were not out to piss me off. <laughs> they literally didn't. They were indifferent to me. They were yes, indifferent exactly. to my existence. They didn't care. And this is how many people travel through life, indifferent to those around them. So my question to you is this, as you're listening to the show, are you indifferent to those around you? Are you causing harm to others without even knowing it? Are you annoying people, hurting people without even knowing it because you're so into your own little bubble? Are you driving through the lanes of life, cutting people off? causing accidents all around you, wreckage, a path of wreckage in your own life without even looking in the mirror to see what you're doing. I, I think to some degree we all do. I personally do. I mean, yeah. I know that I say things. Sometimes I don't have a filter when I talk. Mm. And I, 
injure people. Mm. And I don't realize it at the time. People look at me like, I said, oh, what did I just say? Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. But they're offended. They're hurt. And I, don't, I didn't mean it that way. I was just trying to express a different opinion. And I was clumsily unconscious of their feelings and how it would affect them. And it's, it's a brutal thing to do. But you know something? Go back to accountability. I did it. I have to respect it. I have to, res- I have to accept that responsibility and mm. forgive myself and ask their forgiveness. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like that you just did that, Phil. I mean, you just held yourself accountable, right, which is awesome. And you bring up a great point, which is, one, we mess up, period. Everybody does. Correct. If you're human, you hurt people. Only one person was sinless. Correct. And I, I just think that's an important thing to sit with is that if you are human and consider yourself a human being of the human species, you hurt people. Yes. Including me. We hurt people. We go through life wrecking people, wrecking hearts. It's just what the human condition. It's what we do. Now, what Phil's bringing to the table here is the self-accountability, knowing that just being human means you hurt people. It also means you love people, right? But we're, we're talking about this, the, the hurting people part today. Just knowing that you hurt people. What do you do in those moments when you it comes to your attention that you've hurt someone? Do you step up? Do you step in? Do you get out of the stands and onto the court, into the game, and make it right? And what I mean by make it right is not right or wrong, but do you create workability there where there, w- there is no workability because you put something in the, into that? Do you ask for forgiveness? from that person or do you just hope they'll forgive you but stay quiet about it or assume they forgave you but never ask or we're still do not pay any attention at all or are you just completely indifferent that you just hurt someone you said a word that hurt them that destroyed them right words give life or give death they have the power god gives us the co-creative power through our words right in the same words is how God created the universe. Let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be ocean. It happened. It was so. And the same way when we look at someone and we say, you know what? I don't like you. Or you messed up. Or you're wrong. Or you're a loser. Or you're never going to amount to anything. Well, you don't say it that way. You say, things, you, you say things and it brings to mind something that I said to you when our relationship was early. Do you remember what it was? No. You told me, um, uh, you were teaching people how to do something. And I said, oh, you can't do, teach. Do you remember I said that? I do now. And I, and I realized after I said it, I said, oh, crap. I just insulted him. Mm. And I'm not sure if I did it right away, but... Within a week or so later, when we were at another meeting, I asked you to forgive me. Mm, I remember that. And you did. Mm-hmm. And I thank you. Yeah. And I forgave myself. Awesome. But that's the kind of thing. 
That is the kind of thing. I used to be a person, Phil, that did not forgive quickly. I would hold resentment and bitterness and pretty much just cut you out of my life if you wronged me, even yeah. once, even yeah. small. didn't matter, right? And I learned through God's love on me yeah. in my own life and all my mess-ups, right? My, my prodigal son years partying hard, and I was in the darkness bad, right? And God reached out. I was the one sheep the lost sheep, that he came and left the 99 sheep and went into the darkness to find me because he loved me that much, pulled me back, and then forgave me for all my skadoosh, <laughs> right? He forgave me for all of it, Phil. And I'll tell you, I got that. I felt that love and forgiveness so much so that I literally, when someone did me wrong and wronged me going forward, whether I felt the feeling of forgiveness, which I rarely did in the moment, what did I feel instead? The hurt, the brokenness, the I want to get you back, I want to hurt you back. In the moment, I learned forgive as fast as it happens. Even if I feel it or not, just say the words of forgiveness and mean it. Boom. The feeling will happen after. And I'll tell you, that's a hack. That's a trick. I want to give you listening right now to this, this show, this podcast. When someone does you wrong, don't go sit with it. Don't wrestle with it. Don't show up a week later, right? Don't do any of that. Literally in the moment, make it a reflex, and it will take practice. It's a new muscle. They do you wrong. They say something that hurts you. Phil, you said something that, yeah, it definitely occurred that way to me, right? You insulted me straight up in a deep way. Not on purpose. I get it. It was just a cliche or whatever that came to mind, a soundbite, and you went, blah, 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 right? But it, it, it left wreckage. And I wasn't there at that place, right? But I could say I am now. It's like when someone says a comment like that, I can literally forgive them in the moment. Say, you know what? I forgive you. You did give me a look at the, when, I, when I said that. Yeah, absolutely, because <laughs> it startled me. And it, and it just showed me where you were, right? And, and I don't mean anything by that, but that's I just understand. where you were, right? But I'll tell you this, guys, there's freedom in when someone hurts you, just forgive them fast. Why? Here's my selfish reason why I forgive fast now, Phil. It's because I want God to forgive me as fast as I forgave you. Absolutely. Just straight up. It's total selfishness. Absolutely. Right? But, I, but God can work with that because yeah. he created us, and we're, we're selfish in our fallen nature, and he knows that. And he asks us to create workability even in the selfishness. Forgive others fast. So that I, your heavenly father, can give, forgive you fast. Because that's what he wants for us. Because he doesn't want us in the muck. That's right. There's no workability in the muck. We're stopped. We're paralyzed. Our life doesn't work. Go ahead. I have a great application for this. Okay. I, I, try, to help, I try to help people who are getting, getting, who are getting married soon. Mm -hmm. because, I've, because when I was... Oh, married for 20 years. Our marriage was on the rocks. Mm. We were not treating each other very well, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And, and I was in prayer, and I asked God, I says, God, what do I need? Why is marriage so hard? Why does, you know? I said, you know what he told me? Forgive her. I said, what do you mean forgive her? I says, she ever hurt you? Every day, forgive her. Every time, seven times, 77 times. Mm. And if you will do that in your marriage, 
never just like Joseph, just like Joseph said don't don't let it don't let it hit the counter before you've forgiven mm. you know never let a bitter thought enter your mind because she didn't mean to hurt you or he didn't mean to hurt you it was just in the in the moment mm. said something and the more you forgive the better your marriage gets mm. You know, in those moments, right, especially those close to you, right? Absolutely. Don't they seem to hurt you the most? Of course. Why? Because you're most vulnerable to them. Right, because you've let them into the deepest parts of your heart, right? So when they do even a small hurt, it stings like a mofo, doesn't it? Yes. Absolutely, right? And I like that. You know, don't let it hit the counter. Like, literally forgive fast in those moments. Right? Just set them free because in setting them free, you set who free? Me. That's it. You set yourself free. When I said, does she always forgive me? I have no idea. But that doesn't matter. What matters is, is our marriage is better. We've now been married for 42 years. Wow. And our marriage is better than it's, than, it, than, it's, than it's been. And you know what I like about that, Phil, is that in the context of marriage or even a, a really lasting relationship is in those moments, right? She says something that hurts you. Boom, right? It happens. You're there. You're present. You're like, ah, that hurt. You have the choice. Trust I've, I've, I've trust in the what was said or trust in the relationship. This is a woman that's been with me for 20 years. She loves me. I know she loves me. Obviously, she didn't mean that. She's not out to hurt me, right? And you choose, I trust in the relationship rather than I trust in the hurt. Because you could give power to either one in that moment, can't you? Yeah, and if you... And if you give power to the hurt, it's going to escalate. Boom. You know? And destroy the relationship. Destroy the relationship. Yeah, I get that, right? So what's showing up for you as you're listening right now? You're in relationship, right? You have many relationships. You have family. You have friends. You have your significant others. And you've let them in to that close part of your heart. So you're vulnerable. You're at cause. You're taking risks, right? They can hurt you. Hey, FYI, you can hurt them right? They've let you in as well. So in those moments when they say something and they don't realize what they said and it hurts or they did something and it hurts, you can trust in the hurt or you could trust in the person in front of you in the relationship you've built with them. And that whole foundation and look at the bedrock of that and say, man, they're not out to get me. They're out to love me, and I'm out to love them and trust in the relationship. Don't give the energy to the hurt. It's only going to hurt you more. It's only going to destroy them. It's going to destroy the relationship. It's going to make you miserable. It's poison. It's rat poison, like Phil says. And something else. Yes. It, it goes back to when we, when we first got started. If you will be accountable for the, thing, for the times that you mess up, and ask for forgiveness, that goes a very, very, very long way. I love that you said that. And I'm, I'm in this uh, personal development transformative uh, course right now, program, Phil. And they teach us, uh, they're teaching us about integrity and how, as humans, we just lack integrity all over <laughs> our lives. Like, it's literally ridiculous. And it's because we don't honor our word. We don't understand the power of our word. 
right? So like uh, someone says, hey, yeah, I'll meet you there at 10 o'clock. And then, you know, it's 10.05 and I don't hear from them. And they're just, right, I reach out to them. Hey, we confirmed for 10 o'clock. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. You know, I slept in. Um, and they, they literally, that's it. They leave it there. And now it's on me to say, okay, so are you on the way? Are you running late? And they put, we put the ownership on others to create integrity in our lack of integrity. And it's, we're freaking ridiculous as human beings, how we do this. And let me bring it back, uh, you know, on the court as far as forgiveness, right? And, and holding ourselves accountable in, in this and taking responsibility. When we mess up, when I mess up, and I'll just speak firsthand, I used to just take it for granted. I hurt you. Well, yeah, you, yeah. Sh you should forgive me, right? And if you don't forgive me, that's your problem, not mine. And that's how I would show up in life, right? And if you made me aware that I hurt you, first off, I wasn't aware because I was so self-centered and self-righteous. But you pointed out, hey, you hurt me. You hurt me, Joseph. Like, well, I didn't mean it. So deal with it. Right? Obviously, you're creating something out of nothing. That's your problem. Whether that's true or not, either way, they're hurt. Period. And if I care about them, then I want to ask forgiveness and say, you know what? Whether it's justified or not, their need for my forgiveness doesn't matter. Do I love them or not? Right? And if I say I love them, then I need to step into forgiveness and say, Listen, I'm really sorry. And not some BS type of apology. Where, and you've heard this one, Phil, right? <laughs> hey, else. listen, I'm really sorry that that hurt you or that you took it that way. That is not asking for forgiveness. That is saying there's something wrong with them. Yes. That's, you're making it worse in that moment, right? That's not an apology, people. Okay? An apology is, I am sorry that I caused you pain. And without the blame, without pointing fingers where the blame, uh, the pain came from. I'm sorry that I caused you pain, period. And then most of us, many of us, don't even go there. And then the few of us that go there, we don't take it the next step further, which is to acknowledge what that pain caused to them. And make restitution. Right? Well, you just jump to the, the, the third or fourth step, right? <laughs> but we skip this very important step. To say, hey, I caused you pain. And then to go there and to sit with that and to say, I, I imagine that what I did also caused you this feeling or did this for you or me showing up late really messed up your schedule and you had other meetings. And now you probably had to reach out to them and say, hey, I apologize. Um, I'm going to be a little late. And I made you, my action made you late or out of integrity with other people. And I really just want to apologize for that too. And then, like you said, Phil, taking it all the way home is not so much how do I make this right, but how do I say it to you in a way where you get, here's the structure I'm going to put in place to make sure this never repeats again. And, and I think very few of us ever go there, including myself, is like, I'm going to schedule a reminder in my phone so that I never miss this appointment with you going forward. You know, that 
that is something. What if you cost somebody money? Say again. What if you cost somebody? What if you what you did cost somebody money? Oh, got it. Are you willing to pay them the money that you cost them? Right. Or is it you're putting it on them? Hey, listen, I apologize. So that's all I'm doing. And it costs you money. Sorry to hear that. You know, and seriously, I'm really sorry that happened. And then I leave you with the problem. Yeah. Because I don't want to take responsibility. That's exactly right. Part of forgiveness is understanding the consequences of what you did yeah. and what it costs the person that you harmed. So literally doing everything within your power to uh, clean the slate again yeah, and get it back to a fresh start. Yeah. There's a principle in law called indemnity. Okay. And that's the person. And that's when when you indemnify person a person, you put them in the same financial or whatever position that they were had the event not occurred. So financial, emotional state, you put them back, you restore them. Exactly. Right? And isn't that what God does when he forgives us? Absolutely. He restores us up back to son of the father, daughter of the father, with all the inheritance, with all the authority that comes with it, even though we just rebelled. Yeah. And we hurt him. And if if you go to a priest... And you confess something that he knows costs somebody something, he should talk to you about restitution. Mm. Right. Because how can you really be forgiven by your father if you're not willing to pay back what it costs the person that you hurt? Yeah. So let's use an actual example, right? So say, for instance, um, like I've had clients, right? Right here, we own two co-working spaces in Tampa. And it's like we literally stand in helping our our clients win in their businesses, right? And we've had it before where um, we've had some issues where in early days the Wi-Fi would crash um, because we didn't have enough bandwidth for the amount of members that were signing up. And Wi-Fi would crash while some of our members were on an important Skype or meeting call. And that was with a client. And they literally lost the client because the service that they were paying for with us was not provided. It got dropped. And they would come out angry out of their office and say, this is what happened. And I had a choice, a decision to make in that. I could apologize, apologize, apologize profusely and really mean it. I'm so sorry that happened. And I could easily say it wasn't our fault. It's our provider. They're not providing enough bandwidth, right? And blame, blame, blame. That's what very, a lot of people do is they cast the Right, very easy to do. And I literally would have to step into who I am and who am I saying I am. And if I am a person of integrity, I have to step into the awkward and uncomfortable in this and take responsibility. And I would look them in the eye and I'm not patting myself on the back or trying to mis- make myself look good because there's many times in my life where I did not do this. But I've learned to do it. Is I would say, listen, I'm truly apologetic that that happened. Here's the actions we're taking to make sure it never happens again. How do I make it right? Sometimes they would have an answer, solution. Well, you know what? You can compensate my monthly membership, you know, or whatever. And you know what? That sucked. That sucked. But sure I would, it did. I would do it. And then I learned simple things. Rather than even asking them the question, 
they'd walk away storming after I apologize and hey, we're, this is how we're going to make it right or better. And I would go to the coffee shop right across the street and I would buy a $20 gift card because I know they love their coffee. And I'd walk back and I said, listen, again, I just wanted to apologize for that, that that happened. And I just wanted to make your life a little easier. Uh, here's, you know, coffee, $20 on us. You know, and again, we're going to make sure that this is corrected immediately. They would just light up in those moments. Like, yes. Joseph, you didn't have to do that because they had sat with it for a little bit. And like, man, I really like snapped at Joseph. But it w- it's going out of your way in forgiveness, right? Going out of your way. You hurt someone. You made someone uncomfortable. Now go out of your way to put yourself in a hurt position or uncomfortable position to lift them up, to restore them to greatness. But we have what to take the up. first step first. Heck yeah. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. And forgive fast, Phil. If that's a message I want to drop on this episode, forgive fast. And if for no other reason, before the post-its hit the counter, right, the table, forgive that fast. As fast as you can lift a pen in the air and drop it, which I just did, forgive. Someone hurts you, they spite you, they say something nasty, say, I forgive you. Even if they don't ask for it. What do you mean, Joseph? Forgive them even though they don't ask for it? Shouldn't they have to come to me and ask for forgiveness? No. No is what I'm saying to you. Forgive them anyway. And who's going to be better for it? I am. Forgive them for and set yourself free. And most importantly, set yourself up for God to forgive you that fast the next time you screw up. Because guess what? You're going to. Literally, I learned have learned to forgive Phil, for that reason alone. It's a selfish... I, it's even if selfish? it's only for a selfish reason, it will make your life so much better if you learn to forgive. Yeah, and it's literally because I just want God to f- keep forgiving me because I keep messing up. We all do. Yeah, so I'm going to keep forgiving you, Phil, no matter, how time, no matter how many times you wrong me, literally because I want God, my Father, to keep forgiving me for how many yeah. times I wrong others. And I'll forgive you, too, yeah. for all the times that I wrong you. I get it, bro. For you wrong me. Phil, what's the main thing, if you had to point to one thing on this episode, that you really want those listening right now to leave with? What kind of, what do you want to say? What do you want the world to know right now about forgiveness? The Lord loves you. The Lord loves every one of us. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to be in fellowship with him. When we fail to forgive, we break that fellowship. We, we create a chasm between us and our Heavenly Father, and that, and that hurts us deeply. So not just in your own interpersonal relationships with all the people that you have around you, but forgiveness helps on so many levels. It's an attitude that will change your life if you will learn to forgive. I love it. I get that, man. All right, Phil, we're going to jump right in to our favorite part of the show, the confession round. The confession round. The confession round. See what I did there? So, Phil, this is where I ask you 12 quick-fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. Just the first thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? 
Yes. <laughs> I love it. He's like, uh, left field totally just side blasted me here. Phil, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Being able to do what I want to do. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Having to pay for all the things I want to do. <laughs> that was awesome. What secret fear do you have about people? I don't fear people. Okay. But what secret fear might you have about how you occur to them, they occur to you, how they see you, something like that? As humans, we all have something. I don't think I have one of those. Got it. I'm sorry. No need to apologize. You're fine. If you could be anyone, just for fun, for the next seven days, anyone on the planet, who would you trade places with? Very happy with who I am. Just for fun. I know that. Yeah? I don't have anybody that I'd rather be. Certainly not Donald Trump. Certainly not Barack Obama. Certainly not <laughs> the Pope. Certainly not any of those people that we think of. Not movie stars. Not rock stars. Not race okay. drivers. Not I, I None of those people would... None of their lives appeal to me. Okay. Got it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> You're not cooperating with my fun questions here. I'm sorry. What do you wish you were better at? Well, there's a lot of things I wish I was better at. What's one thing? One thing is I wish I was better at having a filter before I spoke. Mm, I get that. Yeah. What dream are you scared of pursuing? I play duplicate bridge. And I want to become a life master. Whoa. I didn't know that about you. That's yeah. cool. What makes you smile more than anything? Pleasing God. When I know that I'm living in the center of his will. When I, when I can talk to somebody about God and I see a change, I see a movement. Like a light turn a, on. A light turn on. Or they're, they're moving away from their negativity and their towards God, but towards, really, you know, I could, maybe this would be a good thing for me. When I can positively influence somebody for God, that makes me smile more than anything in the world. I like it. What did you want to be when you were a child? What did you want to be when you grew up? An engineer. Mm-hmm. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? What would be the one thing? If you could remove it tomorrow, what would it be? Abortion. Abortion. Got it. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Here lies a faithful man. Got it. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Well done, good and faithful servant. And last question. If you could come back to life after you die, God let you come back. That doesn't happen. Well, say you're a saint, right? And he let you come back, right? And he, could, he would let you come back and tell your family, friends, and loved ones only one piece of advice. What would you say to them, Phil? Oh, that's, perf that's perfect for the, what we've been talking about today. Forgive. Forgive everybody all the time, instantly. Mm. And your life will be so much better. I have personal family members that don't know how to forgive. I have my son has a whole side of my wife's family that he doesn't want to even be in the city where they are because he holds a grudge against them because of something that happened to them 10 years ago. It's easy to do that. Yep, it's part of being human. Forgive fast. 
Phil, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? My best, the best way is on my, I suppose, my email address. Okay. Would you, you like to share it? Totally up to you. Sure. It's Philip, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-R, Nolan, N-O-L-E-N, at gmail. At gmail.com. Phil, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. You're welcome. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you, He's fascinated by you, and He wants to show you His awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with Him, and I'll see you on the next show.